Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. The Match Ball. Here we are in February on the Match Ball 30 with Levi Solicitors 10% off at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. I'm Dan Moylan. Hiya. With me, Michael Normanson. Hello. So is Moscow White. Daniel Chapman. Hello. North London obsessed at the minute. Gents, we've had Arsenal coming out of our ears. Uh, we were down in North London last weekend for the FA Cup. First game, we've had the midweek replay back at Ellen Road and now we're back down the A1 and playing at White Hart Lane against Tottenham Hotspur. 10% off your face. If you play at White Hart Lane. It's not the arse that's the problem here, is it? It's oh God, well, the other end of the, the situation. Well, we'll get on to the horrific injury and what ended up as the major talking point uh, out of this one in due course. But this, as a reverse fixture of the one earlier in the season, it felt like we were taught a little bit of a top division lesson by Spurs in the fixture at Ellen Road at the start of the season. And the cheating referee. And we were cheated. Of course, there was in Riverardi's goal, which we still haven't let go of 30 and a bit years later now. <laughs> Bastards. But even still, it did feel like a bit of a test, this one. Yeah, we've got the problems with injuries as well, With um, even before the game started, that Carl Schutz done his hamstring, Bobby Davidson isn't fit. And with them having a lot of talent in their team, there's obviously Gary Lineker up front, and we were expecting Paul Gascoigne to be playing in midfield as well. Didn't turn out that way. He turned out he had better things to do. But yeah, so trying a different approach for this match. The teams then, we've got John Lukic in goal for Leeds with Mel Sterling, Peter Haddock, Chris Fairclough and Chris White, you're back four. Gordon Strachan, Gary McAllister, Gary Speed and Andy Williams across midfield with Mike Whitlow and Lee Chapman completing the 11. So a little bit of a different look to it, this one, with uh, Glyn Snodden and John Pearson on the bench. Yeah, I think you were about to Im- imply that Mike Whitlow was playing up front with Lee Chapman, which I'm sure he would have been capable of. The plan was, with Kyle Schutt being out, you bring in Mike Whitlow and Andy Williams is in because David Batty is suspended. And Peter Haddock was going to go man-to-man on Paul Gascoigne, um, which he's, he's done effective man-marking jobs in the past. Although he plays, um, he's been playing left-back when he's been fit in the first division, he was the central defensive partner for Chris Fairclough in the promotion year. So he was going to go man-to-man on Gaza. A, f- a favourite tactic of Wilco's as well, this one, to pick out the, the danger man, get him shut out of the game. We've seen it with Tony Daly against Villa. Did he uh, did he man mark him at the Chicago Rib Shack? He stuck to him like um, an attentive waiter. I thought you were going to say like barbecue sauce to a to a rack of ribs. You may want to explain that reference for the benefit of the listener. Yeah, Gaza was in a American diner, wasn't he? While this game was going on, apparently spotted in a restaurant. I don't market rib place. It must be said. I googled this and um, I did come across a picture of Princess Diana with the uh, with her children coming out of there. Well, it's a real novelty. Chicago ribs in 1991. You don't get them everywhere. It's Kensington, one of the few oh, places I'd imagine. Imagine Bates in there with barbecue sauce dripping off his chin, <laughs> and he's got a beard. Yeah, Caught in his beard. Yeah, and he's got a big handkerchief just tucked into the top of his shirt. Susanna's yeah. got the wet wipes in the handbag. <laughs> he um, still does. 
He'd been sent home from training on Friday ill and missed the game. John Sheridan ill? Well, it certainly, it looks that way. And yeah, somebody, he got into, a, there were rumours, um, the, the restaurant denied that there was any kind of altercation, but somebody took a photo of Gascoigne between the hours of 3pm and 5pm while Spurs were playing Leeds and he, he got into a bit of a scrap with the photographer, although that was all denied, but um, he was definitely there instead of here. But he did mean fish. Peter Haddock didn't have as much to do. Mm, very good. And Easy actually, to mark if he's not fucking there. We had this little taste of Hollywood in the home fix, didn't we, with photographers there trying to snap Gascoigne and all the very latest stuff that was going on at Ellen Road. But he's not there today. Let's have a run through the Spurs lineup with Eric Tortsvet in goal, Pat Vanden Howe, Mitchell Thomas, Terry Fennick, Gary Mabbott, Paul Allen, Paul Stewart, Paul Walsh, too many Pauls, uh, Naeem. The 11 Pauls, almost. Steve Sedgley and Gary Lineker completing the lineup for Spurs. Uh, Vincent, Vinny Samways on the bench with uh, Clive Allen. And Terry Venables in charge, of course, keeping this whole, um, this glittering array of stars together. There are a lot of big names in there. Pat Vandenhauer was married to Mandy Smith at this point, is um, arranging her divorce from Rolling Stone. Bill Wyman, with whom she'd been since she was 16. Let's hope so. Which is all fine. Um, much happier with Pat, you'd hope, although they were only together for a couple of years, as it turned out. Gary Lineker, obviously, is Gary Lineker. Paul Stewart, one of the best footballers around. Lots of big money bids for him. And Paul Walsh has got long hair. So you can't really say that uh, it gets any more glittering in the first division at this time than, than that. I do see long-haired Paul Walsh, you know, when he's doing like Soccer Saturday. That's the one that I see in my mind's eye. Not the uh, not the elderly gentleman now with shorter hair. The big talking point in this game happened within, you know, a minute and a half of the kickoff. And Try talking to Lee Chapman about it. Well, every time I see this, it makes me wince. It's the fact that he goes down on the cinder track around the outside of the pitch without putting his hands out to break his fall. It's horrendous. You see it in boxing all the time, but someone's knocked out and then they fall face first onto the canvas but a canvas is more suited to a face hitting it because it's nice and sprung and it's relatively smooth doesn't have any like sharp bits of gravel in it mm. whereas Chapman just drags his whole sorry face across it and oh it's, it's worth saying what happened in the build-up as well is that Chapman and Steve Sedgley are chasing down a ball sort of in, not not too far from the dugouts really sort of a middle of the pitch-ish and uh, Sedgley's boot comes up to try and hook this ball or kick it clear or kick it back into into play, hits Chapman's head, which knocks him unconscious, and down he goes. Yeah, he's um, he's trying to sort of do an overhead kick, but he just sticks his boot right into Chapman's face. And because he's unconscious by this knockout blow, he doesn't do anything to stop himself from falling. But because he's already kind of dived for the header, it's like he's taken a 14 stone of Lee Chapman, six foot two, has taken a diving header, which halfway through he is knocked unconscious and then just keeps going into the cinder running tracks into like gravel, shale, all that kind of shit, which then the momentum of all that weight of his uh, his big frame just kind of sends him grinding along the surface on his face um, with his body you know, when you're a following. Kid, when you're a kid and you run and you fall over on your knee, your, your knee is played by Lee Chapman's face in yeah, this, yeah. where there's really nothing you can do to protect it. It just gets all shredded up. And do you know what, what's hard to see as well is that he's just laid there completely out of it when the, the camera closes in on him and it's awful to watch. It really is. I do have a question about this. Why did they put 
cinder and gravel around an area where people were playing football and could fall onto it. Was there, were there not enough hypodermic needles and <laughs> dog turds they could have left at the edge or something? It, it feels like it was a bad thing to put there. Oh, this only happened once, didn't it? <laughs> so they got away with it a, a lot of time. You feel quite bad for um, Steve Sedgley in, in some ways because he kind of, he looks at Lee Chapman and there's a moment where he's like, oh shit, I've hurt him, but then the game doesn't stop. So he's kind of standing on the sidelines, pointing at Lee Chapman going, is somebody going to help him? And then the ball's coming back over. He's like, I need to go and do that, but somebody actually needs to. I think I've just killed a man. Yeah, but also I have to go and defend this And I'll I'll get bollocks if I don't. Yeah, Yeah, but it's um, Alan Sutton, Leeds United's physio. He saw straight away what was going on and rushed over with his towel. At this point, we can't really get to his injuries because all there was was a face... Um, described as a mess of blood, grit, teeth and bone. And he couldn't actually find the cuts, poor old Alan. He wanted to stop him bleeding, but there was um, no way of doing it. His, his airway was full of the shale from the running track, but his, um, he hadn't swallowed his tongue, but he didn't really know what was happening and started trying to fight off Alan Sutton and the physio. And there was obviously a lot of people trying to help him and he started fighting them all. But Alan Sutton said that wasn't a problem because at least we knew he was still working. <laughs> I can't imagine waking up from it. And just being have a searing pain and a big mouthful of gravel and thinking, what's just happened? This isn't good, is it? I was I was playing football two minutes ago. Yeah, it's um. They took him. I mean, it took a long time to to get him sorted out on the uh, the side of the pitch. He said all he could. Uh, Chapman said later that all he could feel was a searing, burning pain emanating from my face. My mouth was full of grit, and yet all I could taste was blood. And um, they sent him off to the hospital eventually with Mervyn Day. They, uh, it's one of those moments you can always tell the seriousness of an injury when both managers are kind of standing next to each other kind of talking about it there's kind of that solidarity in uh in um in a dramatic incident and they they walk him down the tunnel i always feel bad for alan sutton because he's trying to basically stop severe facial injuries with a towel move me towel here and squirt some water bloody hell but they discovered when they got into the local hospital he was in casualty with mervyn day and the damage was... I imagine Mervyn Day in his full goalkeeper kit with gloves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is, isn't he? The damage was his nose was broken in two places. The bone over his nose was exposed as the skin covering had been wiped away. <laughs> his two front teeth had pierced his upper lip. <laughs> One of the tooth, uh, the teeth had broken. Oh, God. And there was uh, deep graze wounds all around the rest of his face that would need plastic surgery and sorry um, if you're uh, if you're eating right now they uh the Jeez. team coach the team coach went and got him so they could take him back uh, back home and it, apparently uh, the sight of chapman's face um still all his cuts still full of dirt and grit but he had been kind of patched up in in hospital in the afternoon and all the other players just fell completely silent when he came onto the onto the coach so they could take him home and um took him to hospital in leeds where they uh they had another go at sort of cleaning him up, but he said to him... Why, why, why didn't they clean him up in the hospital in London? It, I mean, it feels a little bit irresponsible. Hard water area. Don't want <laughs> to clean out with that. Mind you, he's a southern man, isn't he? He'd be better off, better served by the local water, you would think. Lincoln. So he's... Um, oh, yeah, it just sounds like he's southern. Yeah, so he's part of the Look North <laughs> region. <laughs> um, I don't know. I assume it's kind of they, they needed to, to take him home and do it properly, but his, his children would uh, would not come near him. Um, the photographs of him sitting in his hospital bed. After there's there's Michael sat here thinking that'd be a dream. He looks like uh, <laughs> it, it's always been described as being like a car crash, as if he'd gone through a windscreen, and it's it's very much 
like that. And with um, not just him being ruled out of this game after 90 seconds was one problem, but we've got the um, the Rumbleos Cup semi-final first leg away to Scum coming up in a week. And you'd have to think with his face hanging off, you're probably not going to see Lee Chapman in that game. Or ever again. It, it was absolutely awful, was that? It is one of the worst things I've seen ever happen to anybody in a, a football it, match. I know there's all the stuff about kind of David Boost's leg and all the, the horrible things that you've, you've seen happen, but for just for just horror value, the prob- amount of blood and bone and grit and, sh- and mess. We're quite lucky that this is a, the time it was, so there's only one camera from the far side of the pitch. These days you'd have a, a 4K close-up of his of his skin removed from his nose and it looked like he's sort of Freddy Krueger-esque, I imagine, being led from the pitch. They, they would have showed it on the live broadcast, but never again after that, mm. when they realised what had happened. It'd be a live leak. Look at Lee Chapman's face. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. And that's only taken us, you know, a couple of minutes into the game. There was a rest of a game to get through and it wasn't without incident in itself. Thankfully, nothing as serious as that. Yeah, we brought on John Pearson, so we stuck to the plan. We're, we're doing uh, 4-5-1, McWhitlow, left midfield, Speed, McAllister and Strachan in central midfield and Andy Williams, who is on the transfer list at this point because he's not getting a game. He was, um, I think he was Howard Wilkinson's first actual signing when he joined a winger that we got from Rotherham for cheap. And he was always kind of a, a steady reserve, but he's decided to move on. But he's also said, if I'm in the team for these matches while David Batty's suspended, I will give 100%. He was always a, always a good lad, Andy Williams. I don't feel like you hear much about the transfer list these days. It was a much more definite thing in those in this era, wasn't it? It felt like there was a facts list that went around. The, just, this is our transfer list. Take a look. Anyone you fancy? Well, it's become the retained list now, hasn't it? That's the, that's the list that captures everybody's imagination in 2021. And it doesn't change anything about how you play. You could have lots of players in your actual team on the transfer list just because they're available, but they are still employed by you. And Andy Williams did uh, cause absolutely nobody any any problems. John Pearson came on in place at Chapman to be the one in the four five one, but then he had to go off at halftime. Pat Vanden Howe obviously wound up by um, the way Bill Wyman was treating Mandy Smith with a bad tackle on John Pearson that he, uh, he limped around with for a while. But at halftime, he went off to the same hospital as Lee Chapman. It was quite um, a Leeds United party down there. I imagine Mervyn Day probably quite surprised. Now, what's John doing here now as well? Who else is coming? 
which meant we stuck with the four five one and Gary Speed played the second half up front. It's like um, Jackie Harrison being put up there, isn't it? When you think about it, mind you, Speedo not necessarily the same uh, sort of dribbly close, close control as, as Jackie Harrison, but uh, it would definitely fulfil the being able to head a ball um, requirement, which is pretty much what we were doing. I think if Leeds United are playing four five one in nineteen ninety one, we are banging it long to the big man, and Speed is as good in the air as any big man, apart from maybe Lee Chapman, who is about the best in the league. That's true. He's better than John Pearson. Let's say that. And he said he. he uh, um, he quite fancied it, said it was hard work, but I enjoyed it. Speed, I think um, Wilkinson is waking up to the idea that he can basically do anything he wants with Gary Speed, put him anywhere. To go forward with Pearson and Verardi as the other strikers, we've seen enough of them in the early part of the season to know that maybe they're not good enough. Do we want to be playing the League Cup semi-final with Speed up front though? Yeah, give him a go. Probably win that easy. It means Whitlow gets to stay in the team. <laughs> it does It does um, create problems elsewhere though, like who's going to play in central midfield. Um, who would have, who was the substitute here? It's Snodding, wasn't it? So we'll have uh, brought Snodding on to play a left wing and then move Mickey Whitlow into the middle. So one of the things I've had to adjust my thinking around is this, as, we, as we've covered the match ball 30 on the 30th anniversary of every game, is the idea that they only had two people on the bench. It's just my, my 2021 brain is used to having about 15,000 children available for you um, scurrying around on your bench. But there we are. Well, we, we traded chances back and forth with Spurs a little bit. Um, there's a point blank save from from John Lukic, from Paul Walsh, just on the stroke of half time, and uh, McAllister had a couple of good shots as well because we played we played all right. Yeah, McAllister kind of took on a lot of the responsibility in uh, in David Batty's absence until obviously in the second half when Mick Whitlow will have moved into midfield to help him and be as good as Batty, I'm I'm sure. Um, but he was uh, he had the responsibility, had a couple of good shots, and after praising Andy Williams, um, Strachan pounced on a rebound and volleyed it, but Andy Williams for some reason was lying on the ground and blocked it. So maybe not as helpful. Sell him. He's on the transfer list. Somebody come and take that useless bastard off us. Uh, Gary Lineker goes looking for a penalty as well when um, the flying pig brought him down. Not happening though, is it? That no. sod off. Nil-nil draw in the end. I think um, once that had happened to Chapman, I think it took a while for the game to kind of everybody to, to get their heads back on it. Certainly that was the, the headline afterwards was all about what had happened in the first 90 seconds and the match afterwards it's it is a better result than when we lost to them obviously at Elland Road but we are looking severely patched up as Chapman's face will have to be seen but when you are talking about you know Glenn Snodding Mick Whitlow Andy Williams in midfield it's it's not our first team so a, a decent point was a decent point in the end and it left us pretty much as you were with the uh, with the table uh, fixture of the weekend was Man United Liverpool on the Sunday the day after that we played this game and that finished one apiece. Palace, however, who are directly above us, went to Nottingham Forest and won 1-0, which is a little bit annoying as they've opened up a bit of a gap on us. We'll, uh, we'll have a look at the table in uh, in just a minute or two. Yeah, we're still chasing down for Europe, but the other way of getting through that is, as I mentioned a couple of times, we've got the, the Rumblos Cup ahead. So with Crystal Palace, I don't know, if we get to, to Europe through the Rumblos Cup, I think it's yet to be decided at this point. We're still lots of arguing about who gets into Europe and how as the um, post soul ban sorting out continues but um, it does mean that game is a little bit more important the, uh, the the chance of a trip to Wembley and the chance of getting into Europe and trying to do it possibly without our broken faced striker So the league table, Arsenal still top played 24, everybody has now they've got 53 points Liverpool are second on 51 Palace on 48 now 
We're on 43 in fourth with Man United fifth on 41. And Spurs, today's opponents, in sixth on 38 points after that with Man City also on the same points down in seventh. So a nice little gap starting to open up on those uh, those teams from sort of sixth downwards. So it's looking pretty good uh, for this season, table-wise anyway. And we've got some of the financial uh, results to look at as well. They've not been formally announced, but... Um, they're going to be presented to the board on the 20th of February, but um, we have got the headlines from how we got promoted that it cost us three million quid, essentially, compared to uh, a two million pound loss the season before. So it's it's kind of a, a testament to how much money has actually been chucked into the club to get Leeds United into the first division. The loss before transfers in promotion season was 1.2 million, and then there's £3.2 million spent on transfers on top. None of this includes the three million quid that we've taken in in season tickets since being promoted. But one of the um, the big things to to, uh, to notice is that the club has an overdraft of £677,000 personally guaranteed by two directors up to £1.75 So that's kind of how the club is being run. A couple it's of not the, sustainable. It's not sustainable that a couple of the... Uh, the directors basically they've they've put up their houses and their their businesses to to underwrite losses at the bank. We did get the big um, the big prize money winning division two came with a big fat check from Barclays. How much? I mean this this warrants the giant check because this doesn't you know one of the big ones that you hold up for the camera. Is it is it one hundred and twenty million or whatever it is now that you get? It's um, forty five thousand pounds. <laughs> is the prize money which um, to set that against. Um, some of the wages. The uh, well, have you seen what the wage bill is? Well, the wage bill in total two point eight six million pounds, up from one point seven eight million. Do you know what? That's I've worked it out. That's fifty five thousand pounds a week on the squad. Fifty five grand a week on the squad. Imagine that. That's basically the whole squad instead of Kiko Casier, isn't it? In a in a modern, put in modern terms. I was looking at just checked on the sort of inflation of it as well. Three million pounds then is around seven million pounds now. So it just shows you how. Football finances have changed a little bit. And our top signings, the top uh, three wage earners, are believed to be Lukic, McAllister and White, who we signed in the summer. They're earning between £155,000 and £250,000 a week? max a year. Oh, and thank, that, God. thank God for that. And that includes their signing on fees. And then there is kind of, um, they don't name them, but there's a breakdown of, um, of kind of the, the brackets. One employee got between 135000 and 140000 Two got up to 135,000 there were two between 110 and 115,000 then 14 between 30,000 and 250,000 we've got to assume it'll be Dylan Kerr or somebody on 30 <laughs> grand won't it but um and Strachan on 250 the very top of those is 4,800 a week whoever it is that's on 250,000 pound including signing on fees on 4,800 and then if we the more average of the top end, at least one hundred and forty thousand is two thousand seven hundred pounds a week. Which I, will, I think what? Wayne Rooney makes a minute. <laughs> I will say this though: quarter of a million quid in a year at four point eight grand a week. I'd say that's probably not beyond the pale for our most recent promotion squad. Like Tyler Roberts was supposed to be on a relatively low amount, for example, like about three and a half grand a week, something like that. And I, and I know he was kind of he wasn't central to that. And you're probably talking about Strachan here back thirty years ago, but even still, it's um, it's still not unheard of 30 years later that players will earn that money. I mean, it does seem almost laughable that your top earner will earn like a quarter of a million pounds a year rather than a week. It's still a lot of money. Mm. 
if someone wanted to pay me uh, a quarter of a million pounds a year, I would be pleased. That's is that is, is that? I think that's a, perfectly, is that a fair statement. Yeah, perfectly reasonable request. We've got an argument with the council though, and this this issue of of selling Ellen Road to Leeds City Council in 1985. Well, yeah, the um the flip side of the the smallish wages compared to now is that we would like to pay players more um, or just earn more. The council at this point own Elland Road in case as a little catch up. They bought it from Leeds United from Leslie Silver as chairman in 1985 when the club was skint. So I think we got about two and a half million pounds from the council as cash for the, the stadium. And then we rent it and the council take a big chunk of gate receipts, which now we're in the first division is a lot. It's not just the gate receipts. They take the sales in the souvenir shop, which obviously they own the souvenir shop. So the recent cup tie against Arsenal, um, we got £250,000 over the turnstiles for that one, of which the council gets £100,000. And the club are saying they could make £2 million profit for 1990-91, but they're only going to make £500,000 profit because £1.5 is going to the council. And um, on the one hand, they're asking for a better terms of rent. Vice Chairman Peter Gilman has said, all we're asking is that the people at the Civic Hall show a greater understanding of how a football club should be run and let us keep more of the money. The other side of it that Leslie Silver is talking about is that the deal when they sold Elland Road to the council was that the club would use the money and their own money to give the city a first-rate club that is bringing an enormous amount of success. These are Leslie Silver's words now. But the council have not delivered their side of the deal. That was that at the same time, they would provide us with a stadium that would bring credit to the city. I think those were the words of the leader of the council. But that has not happened. We've tried over a considerable period of time with private meetings and private discussions, but we got nowhere. And even the plans to expand the stadium that we were looking at earlier in the season for the brand new West Stand, leads are saying they've not been consulted about that and they're against it because while it's being built, they'll lose all the season ticket money, all the ticket money and all the income from that side of the stadium, which is their... Um, uh, their biggest earner. So there's a big argument that Leeds United pretty much is starting, actually, going into the uh, the Evening Post and saying the council are not building us the stadium we want and need, and they're taking all our money. If Mr Silver needed money, why didn't he just sell the stadium to himself? <laughs> what, for twice its value, let's say? Yeah, that'd have been, that's you can do that, that's easy. Already sold it to the council, that's the problem. No, but that, back then he should have done it, you know. Just well, that's true. Printing money, isn't it? Well, those arguments will rumble on about that cup income as we've got more cup games on the horizon with Manchester United and Arsenal to face across the two uh, two cup competitions in February, both the League Cup against Scum and the FA Cup against Arsenal. A third game is on the agenda. Whoopee. And whisper it quietly, but we may not, depending on how things pan out, have a league game for a bit. But in the meantime, we wish Lee Chapman the very best with his recovery and hope we see him back on the pitch at Ellen Road soon. We'll catch you in a bit. The Match Ball. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.